Welcome to Inspiration Rising. I'm your host, David Trotter, and we're here to inspire you to rise up in your life, love, and leadership. I'm not one of those people that's always quoting statistics, but I got to tell you, this one blew me away. 23.5 million people. All right, let that sink in for a moment. 23.5 million people. That's the estimated number of people who suffer from an autoimmune disease, according to the National Institutes of Health. Now, other organizations that I researched put the number actually at 50 million. Now, if this is new for you, an autoimmune disease is a disease in which the body's immune system attacks healthy cells. And researchers have identified 80 to 100 different autoimmune diseases, and they actually suspect that at least 40 additional diseases have an autoimmune basis. Now, these would be diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, celiac disease, Hashimoto's, fibromyalgia, and many others. Now, this is impacting millions of people, especially women, and that's why you need to know about the work of Dr. Maggie Yu. Dr. Maggie is an integrative medical doctor and founder of Transform Autoimmune Disease Naturally. It's an online coaching company successful in turning around autoimmune diseases for people just like you. Now, as a side note, she earned her BA in history and her medical degree at UCLA. Now, in this episode, you're going to learn all about Maggie's personal journey with an autoimmune condition, and she is so vulnerable and so authentic in sharing this, it will really capture your heart. She'll talk about how she reversed her own symptoms naturally and why conventional medical doctors are pretty much just focused on prescribing medications. We also talk extensively about the number one thought pattern of people with an autoimmune condition and how the power of your mindset impacts your health. Now, if you don't have an autoimmune condition or you're not struggling with something, I encourage you to listen to this anyway because you know someone who is struggling with one of these diseases and it can create compassion and educate yourself on what they're going through. All right, let's jump in to my interview with Dr. Maggie Yu. Dr. Maggie, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. It's exciting. (laughs) I've been looking David, thank you. Okay, so tell me the story about your own diagnosis of an autoimmune condition, and when was it, and how was it impacting your life? So this is the, I think the journey to quote unquote the diagnosis is so similar to what I hear day in and day out from thousands of people. And I think that one of the fundamental problems with autoimmune disease is the difficulty to diagnose it. And I can tell you that what is autoimmune disease for people who don't understand is basically your immune system, which is supposed to work for you in fighting germs outside your body, is working against you. So it's looking at a part of your body and saying, you're a germ and I'm going to kill you. Okay. Now, the problem is when it does that to one part of your body and it's mistaking one part of your body as a germ, what do you think is the likelihood it's going to mistake many other parts of your body as a germ? 100%. So guess what? Even if you were lucky enough to be diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, quote unquote, lucky enough, you're walking around with hundreds, maybe even thousands of other targets that haven't been even diagnosed or recognized as autoimmune. So Mm. lots of people walk around with mystery illnesses that are autoimmune. And then you add on top of this a 
limitation in testing. So I've recently read that just in the thyroid alone, there's six to 8,000 possible targets that could be under autoimmune attack. Guess how many blood tests we have available to patients to test for autoimmune disease of the thyroid? Three. Wow. So if we're only identifying three out of 6,000 targets, how many people do you think are walking around with autoimmune disease of the thyroid that are undiagnosed as having an autoimmune disease? A lot, a lot. Majority of them, absolutely. All right, now you're you're diving into this deep stuff now, Dr. Maggie. I want to hear about your story, though. <laughs> like, t- take me back to your story. When did you start to experience symptoms? Yeah. What was your journey of diagnosis? My journey of diagnosis started postpartum with the delivery of my first child. Uh, post-delivery of my first child, I went into severe depression, weight gain, hair loss, severe bowel problems, had no idea what was going on. And I was already a doctor at that time, my first year in clinical practice. Wow. And I found myself um, just feeling God awful and the doctors had no answers for me really. And I was honestly, very little testing was done. Many people chalked it up to postpartum depression and it was just go, go, uh, go deal with it. Mm. And over the course of the next year, I was struggling with that infection um, from taking antibiotics from breast infection. uh, And I just couldn't get better from infection. And that was, so that was one of the issues is a breast infection. The breast infection from breastfeeding. Okay. What I treated it with an antibiotic, but then afterwards it caused a severe gut infection that didn't oh. go away for like eight months. You're just hanging out in the bathroom for eight months. And I'm working. I have a new baby. I'm a new doctor. I'm working at a new clinic. I'm working for Kaiser. Um, and I'm pumping breast milk every three hours for my child. So this was a maddening disintegration mm-hmm. in the quality of my life. And I'm supposed to be a new doctor who knows it knows what I'm supposed to do to treat other people. And love your child. Yes. So it was really rough. And then you, over the next couple of years, it's like, you know, it's slowly like other things started to add on. And then I had another child, you know, and shortly thereafter, you know, my son was four or five. He was diagnosed with being an autism spectrum disorder, which I now know. And I tell people that it's autoimmune related, Mm. but for the next 10 years, I had no clue that I'm still dealing with an autoimmunity. I continue to struggle with depression, anxiety, ADD symptoms, lack of focus, irritability, weight, um, and joint pain. That was that added on top. And so it all came to a head around the time when I, became, um, I was 36, when my periods just stopped. Okay. And doctors said, Maggie, you're just going into early menopause. You're just getting older. And I'm like, I'm freaking 36 years old. This is a highly unusual thing to happen. Sure. No answers, no testing. You're just going to early menopause. They gave me birth control pills. Here, start your periods again. Let's give you a ton of you know, artificial birth control pills. Uh, they gave me antidepressants. Um, I, was, I saw some specialists. And all the medication did was make me fatter, sicker, and meaner. That sounds fun. And that contributed to the, the disintegration of my marriage. Hmm. And the brain fog, irritability, ADD symptoms were so bad. I lost my job. Mm. And I literally got to the point where doctors don't know what's wrong with me. They only offer me medication, which I know were the only options because that's how I was trained. Mm-hmm. And then only to come to the realization that I'm starting to get into a situation where I'm in the fight of my life. Wow. I'm fighting for my family. I'm fighting for my marriage. I'm fighting for my job. And I'm now fighting for my life. And there's mm. nothing I could do that I learned as a doctor to help myself. Wow. And none of the other doctors that were helping you, they were treating it with medication. It sounds like that was the primary vehicle. And yeah. you're getting older, Maggie, and you're getting depressed. Okay. And this was uh, now probably 15 years ago. When did it all come to a head for you? 36. 
36. Okay. So we 14 years ago. Okay. 14 years ago. Whoa. We're doing your age. We now know how old you are. But <laughs> if you're watching the YouTube video, I'm going to say 25. Okay. Max. <laughs> But there are special systems. We're recording this on Zoom and you can like, you know, enhance your profile. I look like 15. So Maggie's going to say 25. I'm going to, that's what I'm going to go with. Man, you look like 15. I'm 12. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you, this comes to a head. I mean, I say, you say this in passing, you know, it just grieves me, but you've lost your marriage. You've lost your job. Obviously there's a lot of details and challenges all there. At what point did you start to, turn things around where I'm sure there were some, it was gradual, but were there some breakthrough moments that came where you're like, okay, I pinpoint this moment where I had a breakthrough where I started thinking or about this differently. Well, I think when you hit rock bottom and there's nowhere to go further down, you can only go up. And, you know, I didn't necessarily consider myself a religious person up to that point, but I, that was probably one of the pivotal moments where I actually kneeled and prayed. Wow. Were you in your home? You were now unemployed. What was was the scenario? I just recently fired from my job. I was sitting in a dinky little apartment. I was in the middle of a divorce. I didn't have my children around me Mm. and I kneeled and I prayed and I really said, Lord, if there is a way to get out of this, I need a freaking sign. Please, please, please show me a sign. I will do anything because Mm -hmm. I cannot, not for me, but even just for my children, I want to know that there is something, anything that I can do to get me out of this. Mm -hmm. Were you thinking at that point, and I ask you this because I've been there. I mean, were you thinking like about possibly taking your life at that point? Like, yes, that was a real possibility. I have attempted to take my own life. Okay. Yeah. And not everyone knows this. Now everyone does, but it's okay. I, so hard. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, you love, I mean, I love my children. I love my family. And to be in that much pain and suffering where you want to take your own life and you try to. Oh yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. And people that have not been that low don't understand, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, come on. You just take a pill and feel better. And it is, it is so debilitating. So you're at this rock bottom, you're calling out to God. What was what was a, a next step or a breakthrough where you started to see some reversal of these experiences? I think that when life serves you no other choices but to do certain things, that's God talking to you. Mm. <laughs> so it was really interesting because um, I, the way that I was fired, um, they were trying to make it impossible for me to be employed somewhere else. And so I had no choice but to start my own practice. And shortly, literally hours within praying, I got a call from the landlord of a building I was looking at who said, I would like to rent my space to you to start your practice. Wow. And I was like, okay, I have no other choice at this moment to be employed right now. So I am going to make the decision to, you know, get a bank loan. And I was lucky enough for to find a local small bank that was willing to loan me money to start my own practice. Great. And that was the start of my own practice. And I started my own practice and started to really investigate and 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 what was going on with me. And I was working a lot with natural hormones at the time. And I was working with, um, I started to hire naturopathic physicians to work with me. And it was an integrated practice because I knew conventional medicine work, it wasn't working for me. Mm-hmm. 
And so it was in during that time in the practice where I was really looking at providing different types of care for people and the type of care hormone, I needed some hormone balance, but that wasn't the only answer. And it wasn't until I started working with other naturopaths in my practice that I started to get extensive testing in um, autoimmune disease. And one of the naturopathic physicians um, diagnosed me with having Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease of the thyroid. And then all the light bulbs started to go off. So are you telling me real quick, because I, you know, I'm not educated on this, um, but you're saying that the, an autoimmune disease of the thyroid is called Hashimoto's. Are there other, there are other autoimmune diseases? Like if, do I have, is there an autoimmune disease of the liver or heart or lungs or how does that work? Of every million, millions and millions of cells in your body, there could be an autoimmune disease associated with it. Okay. Okay. So somehow your body is attacking that organ because it thinks that it's a, a bad thing. Yeah. So for example, I'll give you an example. Like somebody, um, I just interviewed somebody in our program named Pam. She was diagnosed with vitiligo, which is an autoimmune disease attacking the cells that make melanin color in your skin. Right. But the so what is she is, like ultra white? No, she had patches of it. Oh, okay. But she didn't know. But the thing is, is that that's just connective tissue. Skin is what we call connective tissue. So if you have a problem connective tissue, what's the likelihood her body's going to mistake her joints, which is also connective tissue as a germ? 100%. So guess what? 10 years later, she was diagnosed with AS, ankylosing spondylitis. So then, you know, so it's, it's like people don't realize all how connected. Other, and how many of these symptoms are all connected. Now, there's no, there's no, my understanding is this is the diagnosis. It's not like um, some diagnosis where, bam, autoimmune pops up on the screen for the doctor. Like it's a, it's a collection of symptoms. Is that correct? Like how do yes. you diagnose? It's literally a collection of symptoms where finally it dawns on somebody that maybe this is autoimmune. And then if you're lucky, they happen to run a test or a couple tests on autoimmunity for you, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is, if you think about it, if there's a possibility of, t- I'm lowballing this, 10,000 targets of autoimmune attack in your body, we only have blood tests for 500. Mm-hmm. So even if you were lucky enough to get a blood test, 9,500 of those targets have no blood test known to man for it yet. Wow. We only have blood tests for 500. Okay. So then diagnosis is a big problem. So most of the people in autoimmune disease in this world are walking around with mystery symptoms and illnesses, or they may have one autoimmune disease diagnosis like, oh yes, you have Hashimoto's, but uh, we don't know why you're in early menopause. We don't know why you're depressed. We don't know why you have ADD. We don't know why you're gaining weight. Um, so they, you have a bunch of unassociated symptoms that's not even associated with that one autoimmune disease that you've been diagnosed with. So we're tons of mystery illness people walking around. Sure. Okay. So you've got natural naturopaths. How do I say that? Naturopathic physicians. So when I had my practice, we I owned the practice for about ten years. It was MD myself as the MD with regular um, um, provide regular trained conventional providers working side by side with naturopathic physicians. So it was an integrative practice, mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of this learning, sharing, and treating of how the whole ten years was what developed my program and actually how to actually treat people in a complete way with autoimmune disease. It's really identifying these root causes and it has to fundamentally be an approach that's based on what's causing this problem, not on what's band-aiding the symptom or we're waiting for a diagnosis to do something, which Mm -hmm. is where conventional medicine sits today. So how do you get to the root cause? How do you do that? It's actually, data is really important. And I think that a lot of people don't realize how your doctors use the data is very limited. 
So a lot of people are like, I'm getting tons of testing, or they may spend a ton on testing. But if doctors aren't being trained to look at lab values as what I call functional values, functional medicine is a big movement, and it's training doctors on their own dime how to read lab values that is optimal for human beings, not just what's listed as normal by that lab. So a lot of people don't understand that what's listed as normal on that lab, a lot of times is arbitrary. Sometimes it's based on some guidelines. Most of the time, it's just what the median 50% at that lab is. And who is the median 50% getting some thyroid labs at your lab? People who are ill. Right. So the median is sick people. So then people look at it and they're like, oh, that's normal. You're fine. Doctors make this mistake. And if your doctors who are supposed to know this make this mistake, what are you supposed to do? So I was told my labs were normal and they sure as hell were not normal. And I deal every day with thousands, hundreds of people every year who have been told their labs are normal and they're shit. Mm. And so the labs, when you say labs, because I, I don't have a lot of these challenges. I go to get blood tests and it comes back with, you know, three different types of cholesterol. But you can take that same blood or fecal sample and yeah. determine all kinds of different indicators, tons of different indicators. Yeah, We have our friend Jackie recently. um, She was showing me some numbers of her three numbers for cholesterol. And I looked at it and I immediately told her that there was an underlying other problem going on. And then she got a couple other labs and she's like, "Uh, Maggie, what about this other lab? I go, what I just told you, that other test just confirmed. You have this totally other medical problem she had no idea about, but her labs were all normal. Wow. Because I see patterns where there aren't. When you actually have someone that has experienced autoimmune disease, who's a medical trained doctor, who learned functional values, I see patterns everywhere. You know, it's kind of like the sixth sense. I have a sixth sense about autoimmune disease. Yeah, you're like a medical mystic. I, when it comes to autoimmune disease, yes, I am. And that's come from years and years of personal experience, but also treating thousands of people. When you collect a practice like that, you see patterns that people don't. So I, what I do in our program, our online program is don't, it's to me, this whole one-on-one care, seeing one doctor, one patient at a time is asininely limited. It's ridiculous. Uh, what needs to happen is a mass educational process of people in certain disease states. That's not there. We train people how to be firefighters. We train people, give them college education, but we're not training people in mass how to actually win in the fight of their lives. Mm-hmm. So, Indiv- individuals or doctors or both? I would love both, but mm-hmm. my focus is on individuals. Why? Because the thing is for me, the one-on-one care, you can, I found myself teaching the same thing to one person without the benefit of 10, 20 other people learning it at the same time. Gotcha. And that's where you're saying your online program allows you to teach lots of people at one time. Online education is the key mm-hmm. to a lot of the inequalities that we see in society today. And even in the inequalities that we, with which people are getting medical care. Okay. We have a mass public that's getting more and more educated on their own volition, on their own dime, to be just as smart, if not smarter, than the doctors in the pharmaceutical company. What is good? That is going to be a huge mass movement to change healthcare. Sure. Because patients are going to demand it. And that's what my clients are doing when they go through this program. Because, I mean, David, that's the big thing for me is revolutionary is that you need to educate people. And people are not educating. When you're, we're throwing a med at them, we're not educating them. And we don't know it ourselves. 
So what we do two months online is I literally take people through, here's all the data. Here's what each piece of data means and why. How do you actually work with the data? What are the patterns that people are seeing and not seeing? How do you use the data to actually understand what is cause and effect? Cause and effect. In your own life, personally, here's, look at your numbers. Visualize medicine. Yeah. And this, uh, what's the name of the program? Remind me again. Called Transform autoimmune disease naturally. So why are, why are the average medical doctor, the broader medical community, why are they not picking up on this? Like, why is this? Because I hear it, you know, I have a very close friend who has Hashimoto's and I hear, I've read her books. I've seen what she talks about that, that woman after woman is going through all of these tests, going to all of these doctors and they cannot find help. And there's like this underground movement of women who are like rising up, you know, via social media to care for one another. And, uh, you know, I see you doing that, being one of the, obviously the leaders in this. Why is the broader medical community not taking notice? So I'm going to twofold, but I'm going to tell you this movement is real. And we have a Facebook group, Transform Autoimmune Disease Naturally. Please join that right now. There's 17,000 people in there. And every day we have over 100 people join. So this is growing by leaps and bounds, and it's a movement. And the bigger question is, why is doctors not latching onto this? I'm going to tell you that we doctors are human, and we do what we're trained to do. I went to one of the top medical schools in the country, UCLA, loved my time there, loved my education there, right? But I was only taught, think about this, okay? In my four years of medical school, how long, I mean, I spent two years learning like pharmaceuticals, like how to prescribe medications, right? I spent probably at least a year of that time learning procedures and surgeries and when that's right for people. How long do you think I spent learning natural methods of actually looking at a patient. How long do you think I spent on diet and nutrition? Let's just put that one. How long do you think I spent on diet and nutrition? I have no idea. 30 minutes. No, in four years? Yes. The food pyramid, here it is. The food pyramid is jacked up. Okay, but that's basically what how we're training doctors. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about it, we come out and only 30 minutes out of our four-year training is about diet, nutrition, I got zero training in supplements, natural medicine, right? And then patients come and ask me when, and this is my first 10 years of practices as a regular family physician, okay? People would come to me and say, hey, doctor, what about uh, cat's claws? What about horsetail this? What about this or that? I'm sitting here. I'm like, I didn't know jack about it. What I did know was the medicine to help with their symptom. So the quickest thing for me to say is to poo-poo it. Poo-poo what we don't know. Well, you can if you want to, if it helps, or uh, there's, no, there's no data for that. And then here's a medication that has data on it. Here you go. Here's a medication. That's something I can do. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're being judged as doctors, too, on how we comply to standard of care. How often is Maggie, you, the doctor, prescribing the cheapest generic form of a medication for this problem? They want you to prescribe the cheapest? I'm getting scored. They want by, you to, subs- to prescribe the cheapest medication, though? Yes. Really? And why is that? To save them as a healthcare company and insurance company money. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Groups, if we can demonstrate to insurers that we can save them money, we get paid more and bonuses for being what we call quality and putting the quality of our care because the cost of delivering that care is quote unquote lower. So people started asking about all of these natural 
paths of getting treatment, whether it was herbs or supplements and all of these things. At what point did you start to take notice and say, okay, I got to get educated on this? Well, I think it was really interesting because um, it, I started to take notice when my hormones went crazy. So when my hormones were crazy at the age of 36 and I didn't have a period, um, I at the same time had patients who was throwing books at me saying, there's all these things about bioidentical hormones, natural herbs and supplements to help with hormones. And I myself was getting no answers from my doctors. So I started to learn. I started calling compounding pharmacies. I started to take lectures and learn about natural solutions to hormone problems. And they worked. Worked for you. Way better. And so I started to, when, and you're a hypocrite if something works for you and you keep prescribing birth control pills to people that don't work. Then I started to actually tell my patients like, hey, I took this, this supplement. It was really helpful for this. I've been testing my hormones. I can order and test your hormones, you know, and then, you know, and the problem is, guess what? Testing hormones is expensive. Ah. So if you're a doctor and you're being judged on how expensive the labs you're ordering on your patient and you start collecting a bunch of women who all want their hormones tested because they saw their friend get better, uh, what's going to happen? The healthcare system and the insurance companies are not going to be happy with you as a doctor because you're ordering unnecessary testing, even though these people's quality of life are going through the roof and they never come back to see you again because they're doing great doesn't mm. matter because you compared to your colleagues are ordering a lot of testing that costs a lot more money. So how long did it take you to reverse the symptoms to the place where you are now in life? Maybe describe the quality of your life now. How long did it take you in 18, order to do that? It took about 18, 18 months. months. It took about 18 months. Once I learned, um, you know, I, I started to um, work on my, um, my hormones b- before the diagnosis um, and things got better, but it wasn't until I was diagnosed with actually having autoimmune disease that I really went and started to learn natural ways of dealing with autoimmune disease. I went to lectures. I went to a lot of training specifically for Hashimoto's that is naturally based. And all the light bulbs started dinging in my head because I was considered a hormone expert having several years of working on hormones. And then now I'm understanding with autoimmune disease and Hashimoto's the link with hormones and autoimmune disease and then all the other pieces started to click. It was all these, it was a synergy of all those that I realized, oh wow, there's so much more to autoimmunity. The hormones had everything to do with triggering my autoimmune disease worse. And balancing hormones had a lot to do with some of these other pieces getting better. What about blood sugar? What about some of these vitamin levels? What about how you think? What about your brain energy um, and your thoughts? How do they affect autoimmune disease? Why do people with autoimmune disease have one thought pattern that's triggering it? So I have my friend, Stacy Robbins. She believes, tell me what you think about this. She believes that our bodies are mirroring our thought patterns. That if we are attacking ourselves mentally through our thought pattern, our body is just following along with what our mind is doing. 100% correct. So how, what, what is that thought pattern? You just said that individuals with Hashimoto's or an autoimmune condition have one thought pattern. What is it? The most common is lack of forgiveness. Really? Yes. Lack of forgiveness of everyone or themselves or all of the above? Both. Really? So you were, I'm getting personal here, right? You were feeling a lack of forgiveness in your own life? Oh, hell yes. Holding holding grudges. Oh, hell yes. I was so mad at my mom. Mm. I had mommy issues and I was so mad at her. Yeah. 
You know, I moved from LA just to run away from her. <laughs> mm. You know, I was mad. I had was holding grudges against everyone and myself. Side note, have you seen the Joy Luck Club? Yes, I love it. We named our daughter Waverly after one of the main characters. Oh, I know. I, wait, I, yes, I totally get Waverly. <laughs> yeah, we named our daughter that. And, and the dynamic in my house was very similar to the dynamic in the Joy Luck Club between Waverly and I think the main character was a very similar dynamic in my household as well. This is, that was, Amy Tam's book is incredible and it's very insightful. And you can actually see in that dynamic how culturally too, being Asian, uh, forgiveness is also a very difficult um, thing in certain cultures. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah. So go, so go, go, go deeper on that with mindset. So if I've got this negative thought pattern, well, first of all, that would be a question. If I'm suffering with all of these conditions, maybe these mystery illnesses, one of the thoughts or questions that I should have for myself is what am I constantly thinking about? Right. I'm assuming somebody who is ill like that all the time, there's got to be a negativity of like, am I going to get out of this? I'm like, I'm stuck in this. It'll never get better. David, focus is power. Okay. What you focus on is what you, what you manifest. Right. And that's why for me, mindset is a huge part of our program. I, I don't tell people this. They don't even come in. They come in thinking autoimmune disease program, MD, functional nutritionist. It's going to be this whole medical thing. Right. But every single graduate coming out tells us that the most powerful thing that they did to reverse their autoimmune disease was changing how they think. And the first step of that is awareness. So in our modules that people go through, we have video modules every week they go through, as well as online coaching with me, our functional nutritionist. We also have a mindset coach in our program that works. That's individual work that she does with them as well. And so when you put in the combination of all that, that's how like, and there's homework every single week around mindset and there's accountability to the group and to our mindset coach. So this is very intensive self-growth work that people are doing to literally change how they think to rewire their brain and their bodies. And if they don't do that, they're not successful. That blows me away that, that, the, that you believe that your mind is that powerful, that that is the number one. I don't know. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth. You wouldn't say the number one way, a huge way, a huge part of the transformation process of healing yourself. I don't just believe it. I have every single graduate interview telling you and I that over and over again. We have 30 plus graduate, I think we might be 40 plus graduate interviews. Every week I interview a graduate who's come to our program. I always ask them, what's the biggest takeaway? What was the biggest linchpin? What was the turning point? And the vast majority of them is going to tell you something that majorly shifted in how they thought. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. And so uh, now, how would you describe your quality of life? And what what are you personally doing in order to maintain that quality of life? My quality of life is around what I focus on. So I said focus is power, right? So I focus, number one, on gratitude. And that is a huge shift. If you said what was Maggie like 10 years ago, the last thing I would be was be to have an ounce of gratitude. I have a lot of anger, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of lack of forgiveness, a lot of grudges, right? And I think life has shown me that that didn't work. And I had to change my focus. So changing my focus to gratitude has really, I think gratitude changes everything. And it did. Um, I was estranged with my kids for many years. Um, because of all this going on and my son's 19, my daughter is 17 and 16. And, um, 
I finally, honestly, in the last couple of years have learned to the joy of what it's like to actually be a mother, to get feedback from your children, to grow as a person and with them. Um, recently went to DC, um, on trips with them where my son and I have had some very heartfelt conversations that a year, maybe even two years ago, I would have said would be impossible. Right. Mm -hmm. So my quality of life in terms of like the personal growth that I did has really helped inspired a lot of more joy, openness in my life of just, you know, not living always in pain and suffering of mental anguish, which was just as much, you know, autoimmune as it was self-inflicted with my own mental health pattern of thoughts. I was constantly thought viruses I kept infecting myself with. So I learned to separate myself from those thoughts and actually choose different thoughts. So I am pain-free, have been in a lot of pain in the past. I'm pain-free. I have a daily regimen of what I do to continue to be pain-free, including some physical methods of releasing pain and inflammation. I have a meditation practice that I do at least once a day. I journal. I, um, I, I eat in a way that's really data-driven. People don't realize they go, they research autoimmune disease and they, they think all they have to do is eliminate, eliminate, eliminate. Before they know it, they eat four things and they're still miserable. So I have a data-driven way to actually show with a blood test exactly what foods is triggering your autoimmunity. So you can actually just avoid those and add back tons of food. So I'm a foodie. I lo- I'm a chef. I love to cook. And I'm such an adventurous and, and, and joyful cook that when, pe- when I cook for people, I invite them several hours over it before. So that they're part of this process as I'm cooking and it's joyful. And one of the things I love to give back to people is joy around food. Like they're so scared of food, David, it's not even funny. And to give people back joy for food, not just in healing their own bodies, but joy in feeding their children and knowing it's healing and fun. Um, it's, it's exciting. So for me, I now know that, yes, I'm a doctor, but honestly, my true vocation and passion in life is to be a teacher. And it is in teaching that I have found the most gratitude and joy in my life. Mm-hmm. So I teach in my program in a group online format. And instead of doing one person at a time, I think it's 10 times to a hundred times more powerful in a small group setting. And that's really what's creating this movement. Our alumni now are crazy active uh, with their own blogs. Um, somebody's starting their own podcast. So somebody's doing their own video vlog series. Um, people are like educating other people on what it means to actually educate yourself and take control of autoimmunity and experience joy and gratitude in your life. I'm amazed. I'm amazed by the work you do. I'm amazed by your energy, the transformation in your own life. And I know this is a huge issue. It's a huge issue. And I love that that you're making a huge difference in this area. Um, if people want to sign up for your course and or just connect with you, um, it sounds like there's two ways. One of your website and the Facebook group. Is that right? That's right. So the, our, my website is just drmaggieu.com. Easy to find. That's my name. And uh, fa- our Facebook group and also the name of our program is Transform Autoimmune Disease Naturally. It's free to join the Facebook group. We have tons of hundreds of alumni in there that um, have helped answer questions uh, with people. We have tons of videos in there. Um, so I have tons of videos on my Facebook page as well as our Facebook group. Um, and when you're in the Facebook group, first thing I ask you to do is introduce yourself and, and tell us about you so that we get to know you. And then we have alumni and people that works for me that helps connect you with resources and videos of things that would apply to your situation. 
um, because everybody's unique. So for me, this is a really, it's easy. Just join the Facebook group and tell us what's going on. That's the easiest thing to do. The other thing to do is you go to drmaggie.com, watch our free training so you understand what it is, the science piece of what I'm talking about. Um, I, we have a free training on that on, on my website as well. So easy peasy, just do it. And it's drmaggieyu.com, just to, as you're listening. And all the links to the Facebook group, uh, Dr. Maggie's website, uh, will be in the show notes, which you can get by swiping up on your phone and boom, they're right there. The links are there for you. Or you can go to our website, inspirising.com, of course. Dr. Maggie, what the heck? You are a fireball. Whoa, look out. Like you're just like this fireball consuming autoimmune disease around the world. I love it. Yeah, I like to tell people I kick ass, take names, and chew bubble gum, and I teach people how to do that. Chew bubble gum. Do you actually chew bubble gum? Not really. (laughs) 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 But theoretically, yes, I do. Why, yes, David, I do. (laughs) What's your favorite brand? Uh, It was a kid, you know, Bubblicious. Bubblicious. Bubblicious watermelon. Did Bubblicious have with the juicy stuff on the inside when you bit into it, it squirted out? It was either that or Hubba Bubba. Yeah, I don't know. I love that juice just <laughs> like all these chemicals just squirting into your mouth. I don't smell that crap anymore. Probably not. It's good, though. I like it. Dr. Maggie, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, David. If you've been suffering from an autoimmune disease or an unknown condition, I truly hope that this episode has flooded your heart with hope. Head on over to the Inspiration Rising Insiders private Facebook group to join the conversation about this interview. Go to insporising.com slash insiders. Takes you right to the private Facebook group. Click join, answer a couple questions, and jump right into the conversation. And also, tell a friend about this episode. Someone you know needs to hear this message of hope and you know exactly who it is. Their face is in your mind right now and all you have to do is tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on the Apple or Google podcast app that's already on their phone. All right, until next time, have a wonderful week.